millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. This episode is the second part of the conversation I had with clinical psychologist, author and psychology lecturer, Dr. Mally Coyne. There is a kind of a paradoxical gift in pain which is like, you know, that comes from the Eastern traditions and, you know, all about the idea that we all suffer and that, you know, the last few months, many of us have suffered and that suffering is part of life and Mm. that we can learn from pain as well. We don't, you know, you might have a moment where you just feel horrific, awful. You're like, oh my God, how can this ever get better? And then, you know, even grief when you feel like when you've lost and, you know, you, you kind of, it, it's just all consuming. And then maybe like, a, a, I don't know, an hour later, a few hours later, or somebody says something nice or you, or you just do something nice for, or whatever it is. And you feel that shit just a little bit less. You feel that pain just yeah. a little bit less. And it's like the light really comes through when you've been feeling such pain that, that, that when you feel less of it, the light comes in. In this podcast, she answers a selection of questions that were sent in on Instagram and there were many themes that were repeated over and over. Things like grief, uncertainty, loneliness, positivity and family dynamics. Now before you listen, please do check the show notes in advance for any trigger warnings you need to be aware of and for any useful information which may be of help to you. Okay, the first question she answered was this one. There is a lot of tension in my family over COVID. I have a parent and a sibling who don't want to see anyone or do anything until there's a vaccine. And another is showing no concern at all over it and think we should just get on with our lives. I'm caught in the middle and I don't know what to do. That is a real hard one. And I think 
a lot of us are, are going through that in different ways. I mean, I've heard about this a lot where, you know, like there might be tensions between family members, tensions between friends, you know, some friends that are okay with, some people are okay with having, you know, having an uh, indoor play date, others are not. And, you know, just all, there's so many different permutations. And then you add on the mixed messaging over the last few months. I mean, I'm not necessarily blaming the government, but we all knew what to do during lockdown. But as we came out of lockdown, that's when even in June, July, even though the numbers were going down of cases, there was a lot of uncertainty around then. I remember talking about uncertainty then. So I think it's, you know, for this person who's in this situation, I think it's really hard for you that that you, you feel in the middle of this right now. And it's OK for people to have their differing opinions and their different levels of comfort. I think, first of all, I think we need to acknowledge that that's OK. Mm. Some people are really, you know, and, and rather than judge the other person, but we're all, you know, humans are judgmental and that that does happen. But I think for this person, you know, she feels caught in the middle and she doesn't know what to do. I think maybe to kind of ask herself, what would be good for me to do for myself? You know, mm. d- you know, I do not need to right or wrong. I do not need to act as the go between between, the, you know, explaining this person's point of view to that person, because that's going to take a lot of energy for me. They're not going to change their viewpoints. And, you know, you might, you know, they may never meet in, you know, somewhere in the middle. So I suppose really focusing on what you need out of the situation and maybe you might need to take a step back. Yeah, that's a tough one. And I think, as you said, a lot of people are in the situation. Mm. And, I, and I certainly know different different people who are having completely different experiences yeah. during this time. Yeah. 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 And, and I suppose that's where, again, compassion comes in, because even if it's different to your viewpoint, theirs is still valid. Their fears are whatever it is, as long as I think as long as you're not harming anyone else, mm. you know, and if you are, well, then that needs to be explored. But if, you, if you're not harming anyone else, you know, we need to be gentle with each other and and not judge. God, it's it's feckin hard enough than to be adding judgment or I know more than you, you know. know. But when we're, we're when we're in our fear mode, it is natural for us to get angry and yeah. to start judging. Do you know mm. that that that's and I'm not saying that that's necessarily an OK thing. We can check ourselves. But th- these are natural things. And I think social media probably just kind of you know, it broadcasts it in such a big way that you can't take it back then either. Do you know, everyone mm. has an opinion about everything, you know, so. And it's an important one to recognize as well. When mm. somebody lashes out, they're angry. Yeah. What's underneath totally. anger? You just mentioned it. Fear. fear. It's always fear. There's always fear. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And there's a hell of a lot of it at the moment. Yeah. OK, my, another question. My husband is very down. He's no energy and he doesn't seem to want to do anything other than be at home. Is there anything I can do to help him? Yeah, like I really felt for this woman and I think, you know, the 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 husband, you know, might be depressed. She obviously knows him well and she has seen a change in his mood and in his behaviour. And I think, you know, we've been I don't know what age they are. We've asked people to cocoon over the last few months and we've asked people to stay at home. So it's very hard you know, suddenly, you know, now it's like, oh, but we can go out again, you know, but, you know, in a certain way. So I think for this woman, it might be handy. I don't know if she has done this already. She might be afraid, but to even just say to her husband what she's noticed, but in a very non kind of confrontational way, like, you know, 
I'm a little bit concerned about you. I've noticed that, you know, you 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 seem a little bit, your energy seems a little bit lower. You don't seem to enjoy the things that you used to as much. And I'm wondering, are you okay? And I'm here for you. And I, I do think a visit to the GP would be a good idea. I always think the first right, port yeah. of call is the GP who can, you know, if, if this man needs somebody to talk to, then, you know, there might be somebody in their local area that he could go to or else, you know, you know, obviously medication can help in certain ways or else there might be something going on. He might need a full checkup to see is he is he low in any type of levels, you know, vitamin D or whatever, you know, so I think it's important for her to maybe kind of and I know investigate but I know but maybe not too many words because I think when men are feeling low they process it in a different way to women where women sometimes and I know I'm vastly generalizing but women are more maybe into talking about stuff you know men might feel more kind of threatened if you go in there with that so it's it's about treading gently yeah, because when you were saying that, I was instantly thinking of perhaps somebody getting defensive. Mm. If somebody says, "I have perhaps yeah. even if they're being very gentle and mindful yeah. of their words, they may be met with a defensive, what are you saying? I'm what fine. Are you ta- I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, but she could also kind of, you know, uh, be maybe, and she probably is focusing on making nice, healthy meals, maybe saying, I'm going for a walk now. Would you like to come? And just, you know, I suppose the compassion part really comes in there as well. Mm. Yeah, the family dynamics, a lot of questions on that, but they're the kind of the two that really jumped out that I think, I think say a lot. And uh, and I think we just all need to be um, mindful of our own words, myself included. I mean, I'm saying this and I, I like, even though you feel like, you know, you're, you're empowered with a lot of the tools, we can fall into our own traps because I, I remember that uh, Ram Dass quote, you think you're enlightened. So you think you're enlightened to spend a week with your family. <laughs> you know, families yeah. in the dynamic of family doesn't doesn't matter how tight knit you are, how close you guys are. Nobody knows how to press your buttons mm. more than family members. And in a time like this, when people have their own different experiences within a family unit, mm. wow, that can cause even more friction. Yeah. Um, so we all need to be mindful of that and and be prepared to take a breath and a pause mm-hmm. because a lot of us react and I'm putting my hand up here. I'm quite a reactive person mm. and I've tried to retrain myself to to pause. Yeah. So. And there's always repair after a rupture. If, if if shit goes down and you feel like you could have Overstep acted in a different way, you yeah. can, it's repair. You know, you can repair it. And that's nice to be reminded of, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. We all we all lose our lose our shit sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah. Um, Another question here. I've recently moved back to Ireland. I've been previously diagnosed with depression and generalized anxiety. CBT has been recommended to me, but what's the best way to find a therapist here in Ireland? Yeah, I suppose CBT is is a kind of a therapy that's, you know, there there's a lot of evidence base for helping people with depression and uh, anxiety. So it's cognitive, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy, therapy and it's the relationship between your thoughts your feelings, your physical sensations and your behavior. So if you if you're anxious, for instance, you would have doom and gloom thoughts, you would have feeling of anxiety. Your behavior would be that you'd probably be avoiding things or not doing things that are the best for you or most soothing. And then you'd have these physical sensations, real physical feelings of anxiety. Um, there is a website called cbti.ie, which has a list of, um, you know, qualified, accredited people, uh, uh, therapists working in CBT all around Ireland. Great. I'll yeah. add in 
you know, different stuff we've mentioned between podcast episodes yeah. and, and, and that website. I'll add it into the show notes as well at the end so people can access it quickly. OK, another question. How do you know if you need a counsellor or a psychologist? Mm. It's kind of it's a hard one, you know, a counsellor, like a psychologist. So I'm a clinical psychologist. So like I would have done an undergrad in psychology for four years. I then did a master's for two years and then I did my clinical training for three years. So I have 10 years of training before I became a clinical psychologist. So like a counsellor would be more somebody who would be like um, more specialised in a particular area. Like you have an addiction counsellor who might have a few years of training in dealing with addiction, but they they may not have lear- learned all about child development and every other area of psychology. Right. So they might they wouldn't have done an undergrad in psychology in, in a university. Their their focus would be more on that particular um, situation. So it's hard to know how you know if you need a counsellor or psychologist. A psychologist usually would deal with more kind of moderate to severe issues. A counsellor might be more kind of milder issues. Um, so it really depends on what kind of what issue you have. But I, I think it's really important to uh, make sure, first of all, that the person is adequately qualified, whether you pick a counsellor or a psychologist, and also that you really click and connect with the person. You know, that's so important. Like I have a, a therapist I see, she's a psychotherapist and I've seen her for years. I can just text her anytime and say I need a session next week. We had a couple of online during the during the crisis or during the lockdown but um i just feel this huge sense of warmth from her i don't have to go into my story each time i've been to loads of different therapists before but for some reason she just i don't know it's like we just click Mm. so it's about finding somebody you really just click with and make sure obviously that they're qualified you know um in in their area but i don't think there's uh yes a psychologist might have more background in psychology generally and they might have done an undergrad and have more years of exp- of training. But that's not to say that going to a counsellor or somebody who they call themselves a psychotherapist wouldn't give you uh, a, a great deal of benefit as well. And it's great to hear that, you know, despite your own qualifications, mm. that you still go and talk to somebody. You still mm. talk to somebody yourself. That's great. Absolutely. Like, yeah. totally. When, usually it's when shit is going down and I just feel like I... And that's why yeah. it's really handy for me to be able to text her and she'll say, yeah, I can. we can chat next week or whatever. And I just... It's brilliant. It's just lovely to have. And for people now who are listening going, that's what I need, that's what I need, that's what I need. And, you know, I may not be able to go into somebody's office and have a sit down session. We can do it on Zoom. Yeah, I mean, during when the whole lockdown and the the COVID thing started, so many organizations kind of mobilized and got together like um, to kind of to first of all give psychological first aid which is like a, a free therapy session where it's like a one-off therapy session I know Lust for Life um, you know they liaise with Therapy Hub I think for it um, but there's lots of organizations out there that that you know that were offering that and I'm pretty sure that there's still quite a lot out there mightn't be free necessarily that you might get one session for free And then, you know, there is if you have a medical card, you can go to your GP and get signed up for or get on the list for counselling in primary care. And then, you know, so there are options, but I think even just Google it, you might find something. Google it. You know, there's, you know, um, you can Google it or or you can uh, you can ask your GP. Yourmentalhealth.ie has a list of support services, you know, Ireland wide. And it, it goes through the various issues and what might be relevant for you. So or else go to your GP. Okay, great. Cool. Right. A lot of questions on mindset 
mm. staying positive or, or getting positive, being present, moment aware, all that kind of stuff. So how do I stay positive and see light at the end of the tunnel is a question here. Do you know what? I'll just read a few out, right? Because yeah. they're quite similar. Yeah. I've stopped listening to news, but any other tips on how to remain positive, but also realistic? Um, advice on how to live day by day without a future plan and staying present. So, yeah, there's a lot of similar themes mm. there, you know. Um, so, yeah, first up on the whole positivity thing. I'd like you positive. to give your opinion there. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, as I said, I suppose, look, for me, it's we can't always be positive. Mm. It's not natural and normal. It's, you know, life is not always a bed of roses. Yeah. And at times we need to accept that. Or maybe I'm just not in a great mood. And for whatever reason that is, I think it's important to acknowledge that. So I think acceptance is always the first step, isn't it? Yeah. Saying, how am I really? How am I? And mm. asking yourself and checking in with yourself. You know, that's something that I do a lot. I check in. I say, how am I feeling now? Or you ask yourself those questions and you start to listen to what comes up. Um, and the more in tune you get with yourself and the signals that your body is giving you. Yeah. Because there is that for me, it's there's a massive link and I know you're the same. You know, it is that link between our physical and our mental thoughts and how we feel in our heart and soul about something. And it's our body is constantly communicating with us. And the worst thing we can do, I think, if we're having a hard time is to not acknowledge that mm -hmm. you're like you're not giving yourself space to, to be OK with that. And you're almost give, sending a signal to your brain that you're not OK with not being. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's as you already said. It's OK to embrace that I'm not doing 100 percent now. Yeah. First up, I need to get OK with that. And then maybe perhaps I, I'm then going to be able to activate change. Yeah. I mean, there, I, I, there's there is a kind of a paradoxical gift in pain, which is like, you know, that comes from the Eastern traditions and, you know, all about the idea that we all suffer and that, you know, the last few months, many of us have suffered and that suffering is part of life and mm. that we can learn from pain as well. We don't, you know, you might have a moment where you just feel horrific, awful. You're like, oh, my God, how can this ever get better? And then, you know, even grief when you feel like when you've lost and, you know, you, you kind of it, it's just all consuming. And then maybe like, a, a, I don't know, an hour later, a few hours later, or somebody says something nice or you or you just do something nice for or whatever it is. And you feel that shit just a little bit less. You feel that pain just yeah. a little bit less. And it's like the light really comes through when you've been feeling such pain that 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 when you feel less of it, the light comes in. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um you know, so I, I think, you know, putting pressure on yourself for me, you know, this question about how do I stay positive? I immediately feel pressure to be a certain way, you know, from that person. Yeah. And I think maybe to where, you know, I as a psychologist, I'd be saying to her, where do you feel this pressure? Why do you think you feel it to feel to be positive? Where are you getting that message from? And kind of I'd be unpacking that a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, you've already spoken about it, the power of gratitude and something I speak about as well. Even when you're feeling very negative or overwhelmed by something, there's always something that you can focus on in that very moment, even if it's something tiny that can shift the perspective. And I'm thinking of that amazing book, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl's yeah, book. Yeah. And there's so many powerful messages in it where he, you know, his whole family perished in the concentration camp. Yeah. And it's all about, I suppose, 
the shift in perspective. Yeah. And um, we all can choose how we respond to something. Now, not everybody is a Viktor Frankl mm. and that's OK, but we can learn from people like him and his teachings. Um, Another one is like Kelly McGonigal is a scientist in the US who talks about the science of stress. And basically what she says is when we're stressed, if we choose to view stress in a more positive way, then it'll have less impact on our bodies. So actually, like there was a big research study and I remember like quoting it or helping Caroline Fornat with her book and talking to her about Kelly McGonigal, who she's since gone to interview, just about this idea of if you choose to view stress, if you choose to kind of welcome those butterflies in your stomach. Excitement rather than stress, isn't it? You know, and even Liz Gilbert was talking about, you know, rather than using the word I'm in quarantine, using the word I'm in, I'm having a retreat. You know, that oh, kind I of way. It, yeah. A retreat is kind yeah, of. Because we are. Yeah. One hell of a retreat. Oh, seriously, you know, because she was like, you don't have to go to India to like, you know, this is this is your retreat. I'm so I have to listen to that episode. Yeah, but I you have to. I'm so glad she said that because yeah. I've had that a few times as well, where, you know, in the past I've gone on different retreats and I have been that soldier. I've gone to India. I've gone to an ashram. You know, you don't have to do that. And that's the thing I think for people, they think when it comes to the likes of meditation and stuff that you need to be, you know, dripping in butter beads and smell <laughs> a patchouli and and look a certain way and, and, and you'll be all Zen. No, you don't need to do that at all. Like, that's not what it's about. But that's and, the way you are today. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello. She even shaved her head for the episode. <laughs> But it's so true, isn't it? It's that thing where you can do it anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. What is, you know, when you, if you ever kind of take yourself out of normal life and you go on a retreat or whatever, it's usually not a very pleasant experience. If you're delving deep into yourself, usually a lot of emotion comes up. Usually a lot of stuff comes up mm. that you need to tackle. But not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody wants to examine themselves in that way. And I think pay, maybe... For some people, they're particularly struggling right now because they've never had so much time to be with themselves yes, and yeah. to self-reflect. And self-reflection is it's hard work. Mm, it really <laughs> it's is. not always easy. And sometimes it's easier to just go along and just, you know, plod along and do the same old, same old, same old. But trust me, if you do really start to do it, if you've never done it before, you, go, you do have to kind of walk through the sludge but it's so worth it on the other side. Mm. It's so worth it when you start to look at yourself in that way. And I'd love even people to reflect on, like we're six months down the road. You have survived up to now. So what tools have you used to survive? Yeah, you've got here. You've You've got here here so far. You know, you're here. Yeah. Love it. Okay. um, Loads of questions on that, but I think we've probably covered that pretty well. So this question is on loneliness and I just, yeah. I have to say, I, I took a, a gulp when I when I read this myself. It's, um, I'm so lonely. I've never felt loneliness like this in my life. And what can I do to help myself? Wow. Like, I mean, yeah, I listened to that voice note that you left me when I was uh, driving today up here. And um, my God, I uh, I just really felt for this person. Yeah. And, and, and I felt like really what courage that person had to reach out to, to you in that way and to say Absolutely. that, you know, to, to say that. Um, I, I just really feel for you, whoever has written that in. And I'm sorry that you feel that way, um, um, you know, and I suppose all I can offer, you know, to you is that, you know, I suppose we're sending you a, a, a hug um, 
and, you know, to help yourself. I hope that some of the stuff maybe that we've spoken about already um, can help. I think it's good that you've recognized even how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, and um, to, you know, I, I mean, I hope that there maybe you've reached out now online. So maybe there's somebody else that you can reach out to that you trust. I'd be worried about you a little bit. And I really hope that maybe you can, you know, make it to your GP or, or just pick up the phone to somebody. Although I know that's really difficult to do. And, you know, well done on having the courage to actually yeah. say that. Yeah. I don't really have any answers. I know, I know, and I, but I, but I, but the honesty of that in itself is important too, just to acknowledge where they're at, because we don't know if this is male or female. We don't know the age of this person. We don't know whether they're living with somebody or totally on their own, because oftentimes we can be, we can be living with people. We can Mm. be sharing a bed with somebody and feel utterly alone. Yeah. So there are many different manifestations of loneliness. You can be lonely simply by living fully on your own, but but by being with other people as well and and not being satisfied. But I suppose, again, is this an invitation to actually get to know yourself a bit better? Because oftentimes, and I can't say it about this person because that's not fair, but with a lot of us that, and I know in times when I I felt disconnected from myself, you know, maybe I felt lonely or dissatisfied with my situation. It's because I wasn't really connected to myself. Mm. Um, And I think hope is something like I would be asking if somebody came into my office and said this, I'd be like trying to figure out, do they have any hope for the future? And if they don't have hope for the future, then I would be, you know, I'd get on to a different level of, of support in terms of, can you keep yourself safe right now? Do you have thoughts of harming yourself? And I know that that's pretty serious, you know, based on just one question we've been asked. But I think hopelessness, you know, loneliness and hope, hopelessness, if they go hand in hand, then, you know, the the person will really, really need some some help and, and quickly. Um, if it's loneliness that you feel that, you know, you can still get up, you're still kind of getting up every day and doing what you need to be doing, then that might be a little bit less serious. And but that it's an opportunity for reflecting on why you might be feeling that way and what's going on in your life, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of differentiate between those. Also, I mean, the common humanity is, you know, that um, and I don't want to discount how this person is feeling, but um, as you said, there's people who feel lonely even that are, you know, that are in a relationship. And then there's, you know, other people who, who don't have people living with them and can't, you know, let there's. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Less people visiting them or they're not able to go out and you know that that their loneliness I think seems to be a common enough thread in the world at the moment do you know what I mean and yeah. I, I I that's why whenever I hear about the loneliness task force in Ireland and I just think like loneliness is a huge um like a huge impact on your mental health even on your just just generally on on your feel on your well-being generally speaking because we are such social animals but it's about kind of you know like it's it's about connecting with people that that bring you kind of joy and bring you kind of um, make you feel like yourself because sometimes you can there are some people around you that mightn't do that for you and might make you feel more low you know might make mightn't make you feel good and connecting Mm. is what it's all about this person did reach out so that's a that's a really good step absolutely yeah Um, creativity is another one that came up a lot so this is an interesting one And it kind of took me by surprise. But when I thought about it myself, I realized that I'm feeling this too. Mm. I'm an artist and I haven't been able to create new pieces since March. I don't know when my creativity will come back. I'm trying to be creative in other ways, but I worry that my interest in art has gone completely. Would the psychologist recommend anything for me? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's not surprising that this person this artist is having difficulty creating you you can't create when you're in a fear state first yes, of all yes that's it so we need to feel safe yeah yeah okay do you know you need to feel safe in order to explore your world to create um maybe this artist was used to creating for an event you know like they might have been putting mm. art together and hoping then to exhibit their art or they were doing art for somebody who wanted it the demand mightn't be there mightn't be as much there anymore they, you know, all these events have been cancelled or they're happening online. So things have changed so much. So and then they're in that kind of, you know, there might be that kind of increased fear again. But I, in that question, I, I see a kind of a, oh, my God, my livelihood. What if my passion or my interest in art, what if it's gone completely? And I, you know, I, I, I go back to what Liz Gilbert said about curiosity and maybe not putting yourself under this huge pressure to create something amazing. I think a lot of people felt, and I saw it even on Instagram and whatever, you know, like people who were like painting their houses or doing these amazing things during the lockdown. And you're like, Jesus, I'm just trying to survive and not shout at my kids today. Yeah, and maybe this person can, you know, maybe like have, I have a little notebook that I keep with me everywhere 
because for me, I'm, I'm kind of like when I hear something my child has, or my children say or an idea pops into my head, I just write it down because I and the, the notebook is completely banjax at this stage. <laughs> but it's like maybe this this person, this artist who is an artist and who's maybe they can even look at this, create or look at the pieces that they've done before, maybe kind of really take them in, take in the amazing um, you know, art you've already created. And when a little idea pops into your head, a little bit of curiosity is flared by daily things, going out on a walk, whatever it is that you, you know, that spurs you on, maybe just to kind of record that in some way and then maybe give yourself a break. And then when 2021 comes, hopefully by that stage, you know, you'll get back to what you were doing. We don't know yet, but, you know, just, I suppose, reduce the pressure on yourself and also just acknowledge that you are an artist and you, mm. yes, this may change the way you 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 do things and this might add something, um, you know, but but you, you are still a whole amazing person as you are. You and know? that thing there of, you know, I worry that my interest in art has gone completely. That's the kind of catastrophizing, yeah. looking into the future. You know, if you've done it before, you'll do it again. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the body is you know, memory, muscle memory and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And and I love the fact that you've spoken about writing because that's something we haven't spoken about. And I'm a big um, believer in, in writing stuff down and the power of journaling. And it doesn't have to be any expensive notebook. It can be just something small that you pick up anywhere. But writing down how you feel, getting it out, expressing it in one way or another is so healthy as well. Yeah, it, can, it really is for some people, you know, just... Getting it out there, getting it out there, just putting it down on a page like, you know, it could be the way you feel. Sometimes people, you know, decide that they're going to write about something, you know, like I I really just I enjoy the process of, you know, being given, okay, you've a thousand words, you've to write it on this particular thing and I need a hook to get me going. And then I and then it starts to flow and it feels really good. Sometimes it doesn't feel good, especially when I have a deadline or to do something, but just doing it just you know, journaling can be a really, really useful way, even or just even writing a few words down. Yeah, exactly. Like or, writing down what you're thankful for. Yeah, even in your notepad and your phone. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a, a, a piece of paper. Do you know yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of way? Yeah. So words. find what works for yeah, you. Find yeah, find what works for you. Yeah. OK, grief again. We've spoken about the collective grief, but also this is a very specific one. My dad died during lockdown and we weren't able to have a funeral for him. I'm struggling to accept that he's gone. And I feel like I'm frozen. I find it hard to cry or to talk about how I'm feeling. I really, really um, feel for this person. And I just want to send them my condolences, as I'm sure you do. Um, And I think, first of all, losing your dad is is really, really like it's it's terribly sad. And then not being given the opportunity to have the closure and the funeral that you would have wanted for your dad. I think it's um, I I can understand why um, this person feels frozen in their grief, because in their minds, they felt they thought like if if I suppose nothing can prepare you for the loss of a parent or somebody that you absolutely love. And in your head, you might feel like, well, we didn't have the funeral where, you know, people could say their goodbyes or the kind of the wake the night before or the the nice stories. People missed out on, you know, yeah. playing music together and telling, lo- you know, lovely stories and memories about people that they loved. And 
And that's all part of the grieving process. It helps, doesn't it? It it, it does to kind of move it in a in a particular but but like it does still hit you like a ton of bricks sometimes without you know like they they say that it's like a w- waves of grief but absolutely not being able to have those um th- those kind of closures and and not being able to have maybe as much support from people calling into you or having the month's mind or having those rituals that are really mm. important for people and then maybe people are less likely to contact you now because you know, they're, I think people are really uncomfortable around death and around grief and around talking about it. And, you know, they might have this expectation, are you OK now? And I, I just they just don't know what to say. And I think it's enough to, to say to somebody, it's really hard. I, f- I feel for you and even for this person to kind of acknowledge themselves that it's OK to feel frozen as they are right now and that it's really hard that they weren't that they've lost their dad and that they weren't able to have the funeral that they were hoping for and I'm you know that it's I'm I I, you know like to give yourself some you know just to be to give yourself some kindness around that you know and I find it hard to cry or talk about how I'm feeling and that's okay too and whatever it is that might be easier for you to if there's somebody you might feel comfortable with that like Although if you're not in that mode of crying or talking about how you feel right now, that's okay too. Like the body has an incredible way of grieving and going through things when it's ready to. So this person mightn't be in an okay state to actually start the process just yet because they're in limbo about yeah. other about, you know, COVID and restrictions and their lives and everything. So it this might be the way the grief is going to happen. There's going to be a frozenness. But then when you're able to take it emotionally, it might start to, to seep out a little bit more. But maybe taking little gentle steps to, you know, connect with somebody that you love or, you, you know, it's it, or maybe to talk to a counsellor or something like that, you know, to, to, to kind of get that kind of starting to move a little bit but it mightn't even be talking to cancer it could be like doing a a yoga class online yeah and connecting in as you said just with your body like with not just with your body with your body and kind of connecting with how you're feeling inside do you know that kind of way yeah 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 if somebody is connecting with this as a topic my second episode is with um miriam and jerry huzzy yeah and we talk about grief so it might be worth them checking that one out because what I really liked the way he spoke and the way you're speaking about it now is like there is no timeline on grief. No. So your own experience of it is is valid. It's your own. So, you know, don't be expecting to be in a certain phase at a certain time because that's not how it goes. Yeah. It's and however your, it goes. And your podcast with Kathy Stritch, I listened to that the other day. She's incredible, and oh isn't my she? God, I was just that is a really, really powerful um podcast and you know, yeah, I I, I just yeah, it just makes you feel so human and normal. And I, I was incredulous, to be honest. I was like, you know, my mouth was just like I was on the still organ dual carriageway going, oh, my God. You know, I was just absolutely captivated, you yeah, know, by, by her an, and by her conversation together. Um, and, and, and it kind of just shows how even through the roughest times, the toughest times in your life, that there can be a little bit of light and, and light does enter in the in the in the wounded place, as Rumi would say, yes, you know, the light does it. enter there. It does. It, there's no doubt about it. Like, I remember I lost my dog and I know people would think you lost your dog. What's the big deal? But it was horrific. On my birthday two years ago, I gave her a piece of meat and she choked. It was 
awful and I just remember like being in like such shock for like days and oh I mean the the pain was really really like huge um but in the weeks afterwards it was like talking to other people suddenly I was surrounded by people who'd lost animals and who were kind of you know and it there was just something so beautiful about connecting with people about these similar experiences that we were going through that I never would have had it was almost like the weirdest thing so sometimes it's like there's so much more to us I think you know even like I do believe in angels and I, I do believe there's something more out there I don't know like spirituality can be really really important and might be God for you might be Buddha it might be angels it might be you know just a belief that there's something more and I think you know when you're dealing with grief or or just finding what it is that can give because yeah and and meaning is the last stage that has been added on to Kubler-Ross's stages of grief Mm. um and like finding meaning but that is something that it, it takes an awful long time probably to get to that point where you can kind of make sense and finding meaning doesn't mean that you're happy that it happened at all. It's more like, you know, coming to an acceptance that this has happened and maybe, you know, trying to kind of see how you can incorporate that into your life in some way, although you would never have wished for that to happen. And I think many of us are going through what grief, whether it be for somebody who's died or for our lives that we, you know, for starting college for the first time and meeting people in the bar or for um, our jobs that we can't do or there's many of us out there, you know, the rites of passage for the sixth class and not doing your leaving cert, your junior cert, all these situations. And again, that is grief. That is grief. You know, there's like a universal feeling of grief out there. And I'm not trying to be like all depressing or anything, but there really is, you know, there really is. So but there is also a universal kindness out there and a universal kind of we're all in this together. I do feel that. And I think that's when you can tap into the spiritual a little bit more. Mm. Ah, I've just loved what you've just said there. Um, I think that you're going to give a lot of comfort to people. I'm feeling it listening to you. So. Yeah, thank you for that. Another question that is that is a grief as well is Mm. I'm a bride to be and we've had to change our plans. I feel like I'm cursed as so much has gone wrong for us this year. Our mortgage application was rejected and our wedding was cancelled. I'm so upset over it and it's affecting our relationship. Mm. Oh, like God love her. Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, I just I I feel for her so much because that's an absolute balls of situation. I mean, two huge things having gone awry. And I'm am I helping by saying that? No, Mm -hmm. no. But it's important to acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, And and she she's within her rights to be upset over it. But the bit that concerns me is how it's affecting them. Yeah. That would worry me because they had no control over their wedding being cancelled. And for whatever reason, their mortgage application didn't go ahead um, it's probably very much to do with the now as well. You know, it's easier to stand on the outside and say, guys, yeah. you need to be unified now, not be pulling apart, then pulling together, blah, blah. But that's just a bit that I would worry about. Yeah. And I guess for us to accept, I mean, you know, you're with your partner because he's different to you and he offers you things that are, yeah. you know, that that bring you something different. I mean, I came home last night and I was just, you know, it had just had a small little row with my daughter because she thought we could go to the shop and get whatever she wanted. But then I decided what they were going to have because it was healthier and she was really angry at me. And I came home and I was just like, 
you know, feeling like I've done all this stuff for you and I'm organizing your communion at the weekend and you're annoyed with me now. And, and then I was like annoyed coming in. I was like saying to my husband, can you shower her because she you know, anyway, it's just like, but actually he didn't do anything. He just sat there and just kind of rode the wave of Mali <laughs> coming in going blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and like literally within 10 minutes, I had showered her. I got their snacks ready. And I had calmed down, but he hadn't done anything. But I was really annoyed with him because I was just like, you should get up now because I'm angry and I'm cold and I'm this and I'm that, you know. And it's like that's the beauty sometimes of like not every relationship, like we choose people in our lives that are different to us. So for this girl, she's so upset and it's affecting their relationship. I think it's probably because she has the expectation that he should he would feel the same as her. So expectation is such a huge one isn't it yeah she's probably like come on you know be upset that our wedding was cancelled maybe she's thinking like maybe he's not that into this wedding maybe it didn't mean as much to him but like guys you know weddings usually are a thing that girls get their themselves more into it's not to say that the man he's more about maybe the marriage and you know what happens afterwards and very often girls from experience can be like more about the day and the wedding and the people coming and the dress and, and the watching this and say yes the dress totally. how many years after you're married <laughs> <laughs> look that's my potion but like you know so it's her expectations probably and so I would say Go and talk to like minded people, maybe about how you feel and get your comfort from your girlfriends or from whoever you get your comfort from. And maybe to kind of drop the expectations about him, you know, uh, kind of feeling in the same way. He's probably more kind of problem focused. He might be saying, well, sure, when all this crisis ends, we'll be able to get married and we can apply for the mortgage again. And he's probably being more practical about it. And she wants him to feel as she's feeling, which is fair, which is fair enough because she's feeling a lot of upset over it. And it's OK for her to feel like that. But maybe talk to maybe a more like minded person and then maybe somebody in the middle, a friend that's in the middle who can maybe kind of help you to make sense of how your your uh, fiance is feeling because you're still engaged and you know hopefully the wedding will happen and I'm very much hoping you will get your mortgage application that this is just this is a a, yeah this is a blip so everything is relative to you and that's what I'm saying and it's okay to feel it's okay to feel fed up you know yeah I I think the expectation thing though is massive and I'm glad you brought it up and it's a trap that Despite my study of 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 uh, of not having expectation and one of my favorite books that I drone on about all the time are the four agreements. All right. Tell me about that. Oh, it's amazing. It's basically four guidelines to live a good life. But basically, yeah, expectation comes yeah. up a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, expect nothing, basically. Yeah. And that, that's it's so hard. Though, it's huge. Right? Yeah. It's huge in relationships. And as I said, it's something that I fall into that trap quite a lot. Mm. And I feel like I should. And every time I do, and I fall into the hole and go, I, I'm here again. Have I not learned the lesson? Do you know what I mean? And um, but that's why context is so important. Your experience of life is different to somebody else's. Like even looking at this cup, you're seeing that side of it. I'm seeing this side of it. And our, we, even though we're sitting here together, we have different. So we're looking at a cup on the, the table. Yeah, yeah, cup on the table, and we're, we have different experiences 
of this? Well, if we have different experiences of just looking at a cup, can you imagine how, like yesterday when I came home, I was like feeling really angry and irritable. And my experience was, you know, I, you know, I just feel like I've done everything today. I've been working all day and then I had to like go out and do this and you've no idea and I'm cold and now my, you know, Jess is annoyed with me and you should, be, you know, this, you know, and it's like, it just took a little while. <laughs> he just knew it would blow over to just kind of cam it again, you know, because, uh, because our feelings almost sometimes dictate how we think they do. Mm. And then suddenly we have this feeling of expectation. You should be doing that. The second you hear should. I mean, we all do it, though. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah. OK. Yeah. But just being aware of it, you know. Yes. OK, we've covered so yeah. much during this conversation. Um, and and I suppose bringing it back to the main points is, you know, it's whatever you're feeling is OK. And the importance of letting go and surrendering to the mentalness of the now. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. We're in a crazy time. It's very weird. Mm. It's very weird. And it's OK to feel like this is weird. There are times when I watch the news and I think, wait a second, did yeah. I just walk into some weird yeah. alternative universe here. I know. And, and it, it is. It is like stuff of a, out of a movie script. Even the stuff that's going on with Trump and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're kind of like, are you ser- is like, it, serious? Is this real life? Yeah. So let's pull it back to basics. And wherever you're at on the scale of experience of COVID, recognize that where whether you're having an OK time of it, are a terrible time that that's okay but it's first step is acknowledging it and and voicing that and reaching out as well and not being on your own within it because you're not on your own none of us are on our own in this yeah there's somebody if you're feeling it somebody else is feeling it too yeah and sh- and then showing yourself the kindness towards it towards yeah. yourself because that will really like improve your your well-being it really does like there is actual scientific evidence to say that if you're kind to yourself if you're kind to other people that that will you know decrease your anxiety levels you know decrease your stress give you an overall sense of well-being and just really kind of it make you live longer as well it helps your immune system which I know came up in your episode with Luke O'Neill do you know so it is and if you have difficulty doing that, then maybe you need to look at why that's difficult for you. And we keep talking about it. It's never been more important to look after ourselves. And we are not just our physical form. We're also all the other things we've mentioned. They're all intertwined. So yeah. if your thoughts about you and the situation we're in are toxic, unfortunately, what we see is that will have an impact on how your body responds as well. So yeah. be aware of that. Mm. And control what we can control and let go of the stuff we can't. Yeah. And I've learned the hard way, you know, having mm. been through illness myself that and I don't know what's what the future holds, whether something could happen to me again. I don't know. But what I do know now is it's important that we look after ourselves and it's not a selfish act. It is the most important thing you can do, because when you're OK, then you're in a position to be able to perhaps reach out and help someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to thank you so much for inviting me to do this and I've just Thank loved you. listening to all your podcasts honestly guys just please just listen listen to them because um, just the way you ask questions you, the way you come into the conversation I just think it's one, from the time that I met you I just knew you were it should be called Ready to be Real because it's totally real um, and I just really appreciate it and want to thank you Oh well you know I feel the same it's funny I was uh, I was talking about you to, to Damien and you know, you've been talking about it. And I think the thread that's been running through this conversation is intuition. And you displayed, 
number one, your compassion, but also your intuition with me Mm. the time we met. So just to put it into context for those listening, we met in a tent in mm. Galway on a very rainy day. In the day. pissing rain. In the pissing oh my rain. God. My shoes were destroyed. <laughs> I parked in a, I parked in a field and I couldn't get out. I had to be hauled out by a tractor. <laughs> It wasn't, I wasn't very glamorous that day, I tell you. So we were at a wellness <laughs> festival run by the amazing, we've already mentioned yeah. them, Miriam and Jerry Huzzy, uh, Soul Space in Galway. And we were on, on stage. It was a panel discussion yeah. on the topic of, of miscarriage. So yeah. Miriam was facilitating. Uh, she was pregnant. She was pregnant and none of us knew. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. So I was there. You sat beside me. Helena Tuberty, the fertility coach, was there, who's also incredible, who will be on a podcast coming Good. up over the yeah. next few weeks as well. And Claire Grady, the nutritionist, yeah. who's also featured on the podcast. Yeah. So actually, uh, in a few weeks time, all of all of us that yeah. were on stage that day will have featured on this one. But there was something very special that happened that day. There was a real sense of connection between mm. all of us. But I remember when I was sharing my own story and I just I felt it and I was getting emotional. You reached out and you grabbed my hand. And I remember telling Damien, I was saying I just instantly felt this grounding, anchoring, safe. I was like, OK, this it was I suppose it's that thing you have. You have that mama energy. And uh, I mean this very sincerely. I felt so safe in that second. Like, oh, it's OK. So I could still be vulnerable and be myself, but I, you were sending me a very clear message of you're okay. Mm. And that meant a lot to me. So the, I'm so glad that we, we finally made this conversation happen. Yeah, me and too. I think I'm a big believer in divine timing. So I think the now was the, the time to have this. So yeah. thank you for sharing your, you, what you're about and your expertise with us. And I know you're going to help a lot of people that listen to this episode. Thank you. I hope so. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you found the content of this podcast helpful. And if you want to get in touch with Mally, you'll find her on Instagram at MallyCoin. Go to her website, drmallycoin.ie and her wonderful book, Love In, Love Out, A Compassionate Approach to Parenting Your Anxious Child is also available to buy right now. Before I wrap up, I want to take a moment to allow myself to be vulnerable and ask for your support. So when you give a podcast a follow, a subscribe, give it a rating or leave a little comment, whatever it is, it really does help to promote it and increase the chances of others to hear about it, which of course in turn means a huge amount to the podcaster. So if you can spare a minute right now, even just a few seconds to do any one of those things, I would be so grateful. And if you've already done it, and I know a lot of you have, it really means the world to me. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 